Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. What is up, everybody? <laughs> it's Wednesday night. It's a, a perfect night to drink brown liquor. And that's what we're doing because so much <laughs> so much of that happens in the in the movie that we're talking about this I evening. just associate Arnold with the finer things. <laughs> a nice so, scotch or a bourbon oh, or a yeah. brandy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a cigar, which we're not smoking because we're no. indoors tonight. Um but we are drinking brown liquor. I'm drinking still that that Dickel Barrel Select. You are having the Bardstown Bourbon Company Fusion Series. Yeah, it's excellent. Ooh, uh, it's tasty. I discovered it off of our Facebook group that we like to stalk mm-hmm. about the hard-to-find bourbons. But this Bardstown company makes all sorts of different labels. They make some good stuff. This is one of their lower-priced models, but it tastes fucking amazing. It tastes very expensive. That's expensive. That tastes real expensive. Tastes high end. I like it. It's luxurious. (laughs) (laughs) The spirits industry is a racket, but but we don't care. We'll pay it anyway. We'll pay it. Take my money. I don't care. Oh, my God. Um, It tastes like brown liquor, and we like it. Um, Speaking of things things that will throw our money out without it being fine, but we like it anyway, is the movie Raw Deal. Yeah. I'm into it. I yeah, I've enjoyed watching this movie. It's a it's a hidden gem in Arnold's catalog. It is. It's it's solid sort of like mid mid to lower tier, but it's like just yeah. something you can pop in and have on in the background and be like, this movie's fine. I don't know that I'd ever choose it above a Commando or anything like that. But I would much rather watch Commando. Yeah, but this has got its own charm. Yeah, it just is sort of generic. Yeah this this movie we I think we talked about it in the first first round. Round one fight uh, is a movie that was not heavy in my rotation. My grandmother didn't own the VHS, so I never watched it until uh, until recently. And to have any kind of a recollection yeah. about it until we started studying up for this movie. I can say for certain I never saw it until the last year or two. Yeah. When so I was trying to round out I, my I, Arnold I like viewing. it to be a blind taste test for both of us because it's nice yeah. to go back. Because the thing about it is, is that as objectively mediocre as it is, because of the style of it, because of the writing of it, because of the fact that Arnold's in it, it's still like you go out to dinner with your friends and you're having some drinks and it doesn't matter how good the food was. It was fine. (laughs) You still just enjoy it because of the company you're keeping. And it's like you're watching, it's filling in a missing piece of Arnold's evolution. Yeah. Like, and, and it is a total evolution. You can see him figuring out his craft in this movie. That's what I like to say. Like we're we're watching him learn how to act almost on screen. Some yeah. scenes he's good. Some scenes he's terrible. Yeah. 
Um, some, some scenes, it seems like he's struggling to walk. It's, it's so <laughs> funny to think about. And I was thinking about this just today in context of just myself thinking about like acting and thinking about being on stage and how, when you are like, when you're playing a character doing something like that, it's like, you don't realize how unaware of your body you are until you're doing something like that. And you're like, it's like the scene in, in fucking Talladega nights. I don't know what to do with my hands. It's like, <laughs> you don't know what to, it's like, what would a normal person do? You wouldn't move your hands. You just leave your hands by your side or you put think your that's hands the on your hands. of all the cigars. I think that it's like, I think it's, it was like a tool to like Arnold, What's something you'd be comfortable doing? I know how to smoke a cigar. Perfect. Light your a cigar. Your character. It. Your character would love. To, yeah. Let's like. And I had I had directors being like, like knew that I was having a hard time with a singing role because it was difficult. Be like, well, your character has a limp because they knew I'd have to think so much about the character having a limp that I'd think less about trying ah. to sing. So it's like diverting, diverting that physical energy yeah. from one thing to another. So channeling your neuroses on exa- exactly, else. exactly. Okay. Wow, we've gotten we've gotten way more esoteric no, than I thought I we love might. It, I do man. too. I do too. But you, you're right. It's like in this movie, you can see Arnold working out his craft, if it if it could be called <laughs> such a thing, and and we're all better for it. I yeah, think. I love it. It fills in a big gap for me. I would like to fill in a big gap for our Whoa. listeners right now. Okay. <laughs> tell tell everyone what happened in the last chapter of the do movie, it. and buddy. It was a doozy. So we'll cut right to the chase that, like, Patravita, the crime boss, was pissed that a bunch of his drugs and cash got stolen. So with the help of Kaminsky, undercover as Brenner, he sets up this plan to steal back all his money and drugs from the police by impersonating, like, basically a serial bomber and setting off bombs in different places. So they set off a bomb at the same time Keller has devised a plan where we're going to kill Lemansky, the rival crime boss, Uh as a diversion so that the theft can happen at the same time. The diversion seems to be a bigger move than the other thing. To me, too. I'm with you. So while the bombing slash police precinct robbery part of the plan goes perfectly mm-hmm. the Lemansky hit part of the plan does not car chase through chicago ensues with Lemansky ultimately buying it in a fiery explosion yeah um let's see what else happens they've come to f- to believe that yeah. kaminsky despite the fact that he's helped them with a lot of murders right. they yeah. still think well he must be a cop right or something but they know a cop is maybe trying to fuck their shit up because of Harry's big mouth. So Keller relays this information to Patravita. Patravita agrees, uh, who we find out is in league with Baxter, the district attorney or or U.S. attorney or whatever the fuck he is, who is prosecuting him. Um, We find out that he's the mole and they work out a a deal to where (laughs) we're going to... And now we've gone off the rails. I think we have to like streamline it it's just gotten very confusing even well, to that's me. what this plot is <laughs> that's the way this Look, movie is what you need to know is that schwarzenegger who's playing this guy kaminsky slash brenner right he's in this petrovita gangsters organization to try to fuck their shit up right but now they know he's a bad guy or something they he's, think he's something. He's working for... They think he might be working they, for this guy they named They suspect Harry. he's Harry, so they set him up. Right. They said, well, if you're 
if you're not working for Harry, then you won't have a problem killing him. Right. But they don't tell him it's Harry. That's what I'm saying. It's like, if yeah. you're confused, it's because it's confusing. So it's they like, send what the him fuck to, is happening? They sent him to kill this FBI agent, Harry Shannon. He balks. Right. They're like, ha ha. We and, knew you were fake. But right. then they let themselves get killed by him. Right. And so then Keller's <laughs> dead. And so that's a waste of a bad guy. And the strongest of bad guys. Yeah, and, really. they, and the action picks up with Harry lying bleeding in a cemetery. And... And Kaminsky just like gingerly running in two tight shoes back to his car. <laughs> they got and, him a size, one size too small or a half yeah. size too small of everything, I think. And that's where the action for our final chapter picks up. <laughs> I fuck it. If I'm here for it. You can believe it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we are in the cemetery. Kaminsky's just abandoned his, his mentor or whatever he is to him, Harry Shannon. Right. Kaminsky's running back towards the car that he arrived at with Keller. Right. Now, Monique comes roaring up. How the fuck did she know where he was? Fucking great question. There's no chance. Did she follow him? That's the only thing it could be. Yeah. Because he, last time he saw her, he said, here's the keys to my car. Go back to my place or go back to your place and chill out. Yeah. Um, I'll catch up with you later. Right. But she must have gone her own rogue you way and followed him. Road way. Yeah. Because she knew that Keller wanted him dead. So she'd been driving slow around the cemetery so until she, she heard gunfire? She followed at a safe <laughs> distance. And once all the shooting started, she, I guess, came yeah. closer. But she came tearing ass up in this convertible. Right. Uh, what the she, hell are you doing what here? What the hell are you doing here? Saving your ass. Which okay. isn't. True. Yeah, or is it accurate? I, didn't guess. Need, I didn't need a ride, but fine. I will say that was a badass bit of driving. She yeah, she, it was great. She like squealed on the brakes, came skidding to a stop. Love it. Um, This is Kaminsky's car, I take it. We assume. We have to assume it must be his car. Yeah. I, we've never seen him driving a, his anything own but vehicle. Rick's tow truck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, now they go back to the city. Kaminsky drops Monique off at her place, tells right. her, pack everything you can pack, whatever you can't live without, go to this airport, charter a plane. <laughs> Is it that easy? Like, yeah. no money down, they'll just let you book a I, flight? Uh, I think that there's a moment missing where he handed, like, he must Gave have her given dough. her a wad of cash and was like, uh, yeah. go to the Rock Falls airport charter a plane i think you can do that you probably if have you to walked in with a handful of cash yeah yes yeah, if you just walked up and said i'd like to charter a plane they'd like say i'd like drunk, to take a deposit some drunk pilot sitting around that can drive you where you need to go <laughs> so he says he's gonna go do what an old friend asked him to do knock on dead okay it's an awkward delivery yeah uh, now as kaminsky towels off after a shower that he's taken he's, muscle porn this is, this is like some of the only muscle porn in the movie. That was the only scene in the movie, really, where Arnold's shirt is off. Right. So I feel like they figured, you know, it almost feels like that little snippet was added after the fact. Like, we got to have him topless. It's like, wait, he hasn't been shirtless in this movie? Yeah. Um, I guess he was just really craving a shower after killing people. Before he goes to kill more people, he wants to, to clean up. I would. I'm, I like to be clean for important oh, fair stuff. Enough. Yeah. For he, gigs. Now, as he's doing all this, he's replaying a conversation with Harry, where Harry had advised him basically that Patrovita does a lot of his evil shit out at this gravel pit. Right. Uh, 
Kaminsky pulls some suitcases out of the closet. Oh my god! They are filled with weaponry. This is this is one of three parts of the movie where it's like, how can we eat up some screen time without Arnold needing to talk? <laughs> I also feel like we've been waiting for this moment. Yeah, though, where it's like he's got all types of guns, every weapon you can imagine. Yeah, it's it's like the scene in Commando where it's yeah. dress it's dress your GI Joe. And it's um I mean he does the same shit in Predator when he's gearing up to fight the yeah. predator putting the mud on himself and shit. Like I feel like that's just an action movie staple though. Like I can think of a lot of ones in Rambo movies where Rambo's gearing up for battle. The gear up is yeah, it's it's like a yeah, it's an NRA wet dream. It's like it's a trope yes. of these types of movies and we love it for good reason. He's loading up all of his guns, pulls on this leather jacket. Yeah. Checks himself in the mirror. For good measure. Heads out. I got to make sure I look all right. There is, there's nothing like just watching a one-man army sort of prepare for battle. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, he looked like he was in his Terminator mode. That's a, I had the same note that it's like he looks, especially later on, like like right at the climax of the movie, it's like he looks like Arnold from Terminator. Yeah, I'm into it. So Kaminsky rolls up on the gravel pit in the convertible. He shoots out his own windshield. What the fuck? And starts kicking it out of like it's whatever. It's Number placed. one, waste of ammo. Number two, he has removed the only potential barrier of protection that he has in the car. <laughs> it's a fucking weird thing to do, man. He's like, he, I will tell you, he's not going to get the deposit back on that rental. No. <laughs> he probably, well, I don't know. He probably used the $25,000 that Harry gave him to buy that car. No, I think he said when he was leaving his voice message that he got, he's getting a rental car. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. Good call. There's a, also a good chance that someone at the gravel pit would hear gunfire. Fuck yes. And there's nothing inconspicuous about this. <laughs> so he's lost the element of surprise, maybe. Um, but then even more so. Because yeah. he pops that Rolling Stone tape in, <laughs> and and can we just say this is this is this is fresh news? But rest in peace, Charlie Watts, Rolling Absolutely. Stones drummer that died uh, over the last couple of days. I feel like licensing that song for the soundtrack must have cost a pretty penny. Most of the budget, you think? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seems like I will say at least it seemed like a realistic depiction of popping, like getting a punching out a windshield. Cause it was not easy. No, he's kicking it out and then use the shotgun butt to like. We saw knock like a Mad Max movie where it's just like one handed, just pushes the whole windshield out. Now yeah. this seems more like it. Like he's trying to kick it out, it's not working, so he grabs the shotgun and he starts trying to bust it out. Anyway, this scene is kind of like to me the opening scene in the lumberyard, yeah. where this gravel pit is like a great location. It's yeah, just it's awesome. really cinematic. So it's sort of look, it's sort of reminiscent also of like the foundry in RoboCop. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like yeah, that kind like of location. Like a, like Axis a, chemicals like a quarry or something. Yeah, exactly. So security goes on high alert, whether it's because they heard his gunfire or his Rolling Stones <laughs> bumping. Uh, but Kaminsky rolls in and he just starts blowing dudes away. He does. Like he can put the the machine gun. He's like one handing an M sixteen like through the See, through the thing. It's like that's why I guess he busted the windshield out so that he could shoot through it without uh, just whatever. I'm not a strong per. I mean, like I couldn't do that. Like I would one be, armed. I couldn't probably lift that gun with one hand <laughs> uh i will say it was pretty awesome like the way he was killing dudes including one guy who like fell into the rock crushing he machine. is a hell of a shot <laughs> dude 
Exactly. He's like fucking making amazing shots. He's driving on a bumpy ass gravel road, one hand shooting with a machine gun while he's driving. And kudos to Arnold for doing a lot of the driving in this scene. You think it was him? Well, because I mean, in I a, lot, you of, can see a him. lot of the scenes when he like does turns and stuff and it's going around, it's like clearly him as he like drives back around. I'm like, damn, get it, Arnold. And that shit was bumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Good suspension on the rental car. <laughs> <laughs> There's in a, in a trailer on the property, bad guys are like packaging up huge amounts of cash. There's drugs everywhere. Uh, they leap into action when they hear like the alarm gets sounded. Kaminsky is just out there decimating yeah, the Patrick's army. The bodies, they are a piling up. One of the dudes who got shot by the trailer was Peter Kent, the Arnold stunt double. That's awesome. Who's uh, you know, the we mentioned him numerous times yeah. on this podcast. Um, but yeah, amazing shots that he's making. Like, have you ever fucked around in a car in a big gravel lot? No. Like the I way have, he's driving. Have, it is fun I as have, hell. I have been in like a Jeep in a neighborhood that hadn't been developed yet. And so uh-huh. it was just all like d- mud, dirt roads and stuff oh, yeah. and like gone mudding and four wheeling, like in that environment. But I've never been in like a quarry and done like the gravel thing and like done donuts and shit like that. In high school, um, our, our high school parking lot, there's a big gravel lot mm-hmm. for students to park in. And I went up there one weekend in my car, which was a rear wheel drive. Yeah. And you could just like get going as fast as you could and whip the wheel and gun it and just like go spinning out and stuff. It was fun as hell. That's badass. So um, that's what I thought about when I saw Arnold just tooling around in this in this gravel. He lot. was probably loving life. <laughs> so now <laughs> Kaminsky drives his car straight into the front end, the blade of a bulldozer. Why? It was a hell of a crash. Yeah. Like it caught me by surprise every time I watched it. I'm it's like jarring. It's like, it. it's like, it's like, because it goes from, you know, 20, 30 miles an hour to zero in, yeah. a, in an instant. Um, Kaminsky is like rattled by this. He bails out of the car right as it's about to get sandwiched in between that bulldozer and this massive tow truck. It's like a massive is, dump truck. We get a, out. we get a truly representative Arnold. Yeah. As he like, jumps out. Yeah. It's awesome. It's another cool bit of action because yeah. like, that car got smashed like a fucking beer can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Kaminsky pops up shooting, kills the bulldozer driver. I like when he hides underneath the dump truck. Yeah, the still like the moving dump truck and like using it for cover. That's badass. God, that truck is massive. Yeah. Like big ass Arnold Schwarzenegger is able to sort of stand upright underneath it. It's crazy. I'm amazed at how big those machines are. Same. Um, he begins just wrecking. Petrovita's stash of drugs. He goes into the trailer, <laughs> starts shooting stuff up, blowing away a couple more goons. He uh, shoots the dump truck driver right yeah, as he's so coming like, towards like the trailer. Outside the trailer, we see the dump truck driver sort of turn his attention towards the trailer because he can, like, I guess, hear the commotion. Yeah, he's going to ride right over it. that thing like Bigfoot like, or some Kaminsky shit. Kaminsky shoots him out the window of the trailer through the windshield of the dump truck and into the guy's head with like just one shot. That was a stone cold kill. And he's like nodding in approval of he his own voice. That like, shit like nah. took his time and savored it. Oh yeah. Before he pulled the trigger. I thought it was awesome. He looks very pleased as he's like looking around the trailer, <laughs> like all the dead bodies, like smiling in grim satisfaction. There's very- drugs. Yeah. As I said, there's drugs and cash everywhere. Do you think that's the loot from the heist? That's that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Is that all of this was from what they stole from the police? They're repackaging station. the money and yeah. stuff. Okay. So Getting now ready to clean that shit. 
we cut to there's a newscast sort of detailing what had happened out there at the gravel pit, speculating that it was part of a mob war. Right. Now, back at the club, uh, Petrovita, he like throws a bottle of booze at the TV and smashes it. What a waste of good liquor. I feel like modern TVs wouldn't give the same satisfaction of breaking them as an old glass screen, no, like it, tube like it, TV. It dent the thing and the picture would be distorted. And then yeah. it's like, ah, oh, what a shame. I love that. <laughs> um, I never have broken a TV in rage in my life. I probably never will. Same. Well, yeah, no, I, would I. I would like to have at least once. Just like, Rah! you know. You should chop wood or something instead. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. I have that tube TV down in my basement. There you go. Take I it out in the yard with a bat. smash it up. Yeah. Fucking office space Do office, style. Exactly. Break the fax machine. <laughs> so Patravita, he's like, it's not a mob war, it's fucking Brenner. I want to know where he is. Right. You know, I think Roca says, well, look at all that destruction. He's probably he's, dead. He's probably dead. How does that make sense? I don't That's what I'm saying is like for to be to be the guy that Roca was like his reputation that <laughs> that Harry gave us at the beginning of the movie is not the guy that we've learned. He's like is the voice Ro- of reason. Yeah, all the time. he he is. Yeah, he is the stringer bell of this crew. He's like, <laughs> uh, maybe he's we should just dead. let a sleeping dog lie. And Baxter's here. like, yeah, yeah. Baxter, <laughs> who is there in the room, is like, yeah, totally. Like, there's got to be one man left standing at the end of something like this, right? Right. So, just then though, they see Brenner on their like security cameras, the closed circuit shit. Uh, weird stuff was happening on that feed where like. We see Brenner pointing a gun. Right. Then it, then the feed cuts to a shot of a camera getting blown up, where it's like, do you have one of your cameras pointed at another camera? Why not? <laughs> that seems like some shit that Patravita would have. He's like, I want cameras on cameras. I feel like and this then, was the inspiration then, for Perrette from that's Tango and Cash. It's like, like the cameras on on cameras on cameras, and someone's like, yes, boss, and like. Sure. The, that's exactly what happened. Whatever you say. Yeah. Then we see uh, Kaminsky points the gun, not at the camera per se, but the camera goes fuzzy. Yeah. Whatever. It goes out. It doesn't really matter. I guess I guess he got more guns, Kaminsky, from the trailer? I feel like all his guns must have been in the trunk of his car, but that shit got mangled. He only fired like two machine guns the whole time he was there, and he had a whole slew of he other did, guns. He did, but I assume they were in that car that got just mangled. Yeah, but the trunk was still intact. Okay. Anyway, or nothing else, the trailer was full of shit. Absolutely. So he's he's armed up again. Right. Everybody, all of Patravita's crew, they start grabbing guns. Right. Sven Ole Thorson makes Yay, an appearance. It's we about love Sven. fucking time. Where have you been this whole movie, you asshole? There was another dude who looked just like Wayne Gretzky in a turtleneck. He, he did totally look like <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. I love the tension. This building as they're waiting for the elevator to come yeah. down. I like the elevator dings and they just like they unload. Yeah, they they lay waste to it. The doors open, but it's empty inside. I don't know a, a shit ton about elevators, but I feel like there's shit inside the doors that make them open and close. Yeah, like and the amount of bullets they put through, I feel like the doors would never have opened. Yeah, but well, fuck it. Yeah, the, oh, like the elevator's empty, but the elevator keeps dinging. They hear this like grating sound yeah it's like everyone's like like looking around confused like what the hell kaminsky he comes sliding down this air vent and he just pops out shooting right now i feel like there's a trope in movies that like air vents are huge you know like big enough for a dude to crawl through not Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is not the case no maybe in a massive building they are but like this shit was next level 
Like he was standing upright <laughs> inside well, of like, it. I feel like he slid. Yeah, he slid down the duct, and then it came out into like a perfectly, like, it was like, like closet size, like, yeah, like a closet size air vent. <laughs> no space. fucking chance. No. He didn't have to like wriggle out of it or anything. He stepped out of the air vent <laughs> and fucking just started laying waste to those dudes, oh man. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, he's picking the guys apart. Like, and no one's able to hit Kaminsky. I love that in the crossfire, the club lights somehow get triggered. <laughs> they like cranked up, and it's like whirling around. It's like sort of disco-ish. He's doing that John Matrix shit from where he like thrusts the gun forward, like he's throwing the bullets out of the right. gun. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, Kaminsky is shooting up the stemware to the yeah, bar. It's like there's a lot of there like bodies and broken glassware are piling up in the scene. I do like Baxter, the uh, the fucking shady justice, like U.S. attorney dude is is cowering behind the bars. The bodies pile up. Busy. The shootout to me was somewhat realistic because there was a, just a lot of shooting wildly and not hitting anything as opposed to other scenes where dudes are just fucking dead eyes. Yeah, agreed. Like this is just a lot of random spraying of bullets. Right. I especially think- for especially for Arnold's character, like. Especially once he gets like pinned behind the bar, he's just like, "We'll put the machine gun and go like drag it across the top." What like, I can appreciate is that he's not hitting anyone. Right. It's like not like one of it's, those situations where he's like bullseyeing. It's everybody. a diversion, but it also again is like eating up a tremendous amount of screen time. So Kaminsky takes a bullet in the arm, but it doesn't really slow him down. He hardly seems to notice that he's been shot at all. It was Wayne Gretzky, the <laughs> fucking the great one, got him. I love it. Uh, he would. Then Kaminsky blew him away. He mows down Sven Ole Thorson with that Uzi. A poor bulletless. Like, Sven ran out of bullets, and that was all she wrote. I've watched this movie probably, like, four or five times in the last month or so. Right. And I laugh out loud every time when Sven is going down, and he, like, grabs and rips that rack of glasses out of the ceiling. Yeah, just, like, pulls it down. <laughs> it's so comical. Oh, I thought the same thing. So, Patravita and Roca, they flee. They are, like, running up to the offices right. to hide. Kaminsky chases after him. Strangely, Patrovita's telling Roka to call the cops. Yeah. I feel like this would be the first time in the movie that the cops have interfered in any sort of gangster shit. It's a B and E situation. I think that Patrovita must, like, if if we call the cops, so we've got enough guys on the inside that'll be able to get down here. We, and at least I won't die, I guess, if yeah. they got here instantly. Or or it's it's like supposed to loosely mean like We've got Baxter on our side, but he's yeah. in the room. It's like weird. Baxter's there. He's implicated. He's in the he's in the stew. Yeah. Uh Kaminsky like shoots through the door, kills Roca. But then he opens the door and kills him some more. He, he like, shot the body, he, he shot he the like, corpse. He like shot the body through the door, <laughs> opened the door, and shot him some more. Gotta and then, make sure. For good measure. <laughs> Jesus. So Patravita runs and Kaminsky shoots him in the back. As he's running away. Yeah. Is that good form? No. I don't like... That's not Shoots a heroic Shoots him twice move. in the back with a shotgun? No. Shot an old man in the back as he's running away. No. Uh, then, Kaminsky, not a word spoken, pours a bowl of Mike and Ikes or this, whatever all over him. This is the weirdest flex in the movie. <laughs> because, that makes no because, sense to because me. Patravita has not once touched the bowl of Mike and Ike's. It'd be fine if this was the if this was the Max Keller character who was eating the candy <laughs> like, earlier. Like candy, 
Eat yeah, this. Exactly. You're like, yeah, that would have been tremendous. Or some Where shit. the fuck was Max Keller? It's just weird. I think they couldn't think of anything See, else. See, what should have happened was that Keller should have escaped the cemetery. Kaminsky would have had to chase him back downtown. Keller makes it back to the to the thing. Roca gets killed in the crossfire because he's been an ineffectual bad guy from the from the beginning. And then in this scene, this is how Keller dies. Yeah. And then Patravita ends up getting, you know, like a Dick Jones style death at the end of Robocop. Yeah. That kind of deal. It's weird that this like the sort of the spree. Well, it I guess it doesn't culminate right. on Patravita, but that because he's this is this is an unceremonious death for the big bad. Well, if you think about it, Roca, Keller, and Patravita all got unceremonious. Oh deaths. No, yeah, there's there's not one bad guy that you're like, well, okay. Oh, he got it bad. Yeah, like there were other dudes. The dude who fell in the fucking rock smasher. That guy. That guy got a more a memorable, more memorable, memorable send off. Yeah, yeah. Or fucking even fucking the, the the bulldozer driver, the dump truck driver. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. But Kaminsky here turns like to the bloodbath area where he finds this whimpering Baxter character. Frank Fontana. Man, that actor. This is, this is where he looks full on Terminator. Like he's like looking over, yeah. he's looking over Baxter. The actor, Joe Rigobuto, who Frank Fontana. Yeah. He plays that sniveling like dude. That's a great performance that he gave in that moment where he's like trying to. He's like, I can't get this gun to work. Was he know. trying to kill himself? I think that he was just trying to find an operational weapon, oh, a gun with a bullet, so in that it? he could protect himself. And he didn't realize that Kaminsky was standing right there. Okay, he was holding the gun like dangerously close to his own head. I think that he was, but just it also try- wasn't really pointed at himself. He was trying to click. That's the thing. He's like trying to click that automatic pistol and like. It was empty, and he's and then he picked up the machine gun, like trying to find something, anything with a bullet in it. Sure. So now, now he Baxter, he recognizes him. He sort of tells Kaminsky, "This isn't what it looks like." You know, I was setting these guys up. Yeah. I feel like he what he should have said is, "They kidnapped me." Yeah. Yeah. Like because I've been prosecuting them. Like they want me dead. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. He Kaminsky has no idea why Baxter's in this room. Now he's put himself on the hook. Although it should have been like, sort of uh, it should have been like, a, oh my god, you're one of them. You're, you're one of them, aren't you? Like, Thank you, you saved me. Yeah, type. exactly. I, though I feel like Kaminsky might have killed him either way. Yeah, just because he sort of hates him. Um, Baxter says, you know, oh my gosh, Kaminsky, it's you. It's so great they let you back in the FBI. Yeah, he says that the whole like internal affairs investigation slash force resignation thing was a mistake. It was a total <laughs> mistake. Clearly. I don't know. Kaminsky tells him, you know, a lot of people are dead because of you. And now it's now it's your turn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So like what? You're going to kill. He's going to kill Baxter. Cold blood, I guess. Right. Like an unarmed man. But Kaminsky picks up this pistol, sort of checks the chambers. Right. Hands it to Baxter, says resign or be prosecuted any way you want it. The line still doesn't work. No. It's Weird all, phrasing. And for those of you, it's like this is the line from the first chapter of the movie, and it's still that's what Baxter supposedly said to him. Maybe whoever wrote that line was like a big fan of the band Journey. <laughs> Any way you want it. <laughs> yeah, it's still like I don't I, know. Tr- I've been trying to think. Like resign or be prosecuted. What's he doing though? Is he give, he's giving Baxter a chance to kill himself? Yeah, he's say, he's saying kill yourself or go to or jail. You're gonna go to jail over yep. this shit. Now then, Kaminsky turns his back on an armed man. 
who immediately goes to raise the gun and shoot Kaminsky. Right. Kaminsky whirls around, shoots Baxter stand first. Up, stand up guy, that Baxter. I think Kaminsky like just knows he can't be killed, it seems. That's the vibe that I got through the entire shootout scene of this movie at the He's end. He's like, I'm fucking bulletproof. Is is that I kept thinking of the last action hero. Yeah. And it's like, yes. it's like I can't. <laughs> and even when he gets shot, it's like, eh. whatever. I shrug it off and keep shooting. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. Now, Baxter is definitely a bad guy, as we've seen. Right. But all he's done to Kaminsky, to wrong Kaminsky, was like hold him accountable for his own like brutal That's ways. True. <laughs> yep. Like he even he even let him resign in lieu of being prosecuted, which he sh- deserved to be prosecuted. It sounds like. And we also have to point out the fact that at no point in this scene has Kaminsky proved that Baxter was the mole. No. <laughs> there was no questioning. Nothing no. about it. He just assumes, oh, you're here. You're here. You're the bad guy. I, I, I hate you anyway. Yeah, so you must be the problem. He, they're like, nothing. There's no <laughs> confession, nothing. It'll be easier to kill him. I got to say, it's like, he shoots Baxter. Uh-huh. And in a movie, mostly devoid, maybe entirely devoid of kiss-off lines, there needed to be a kiss-off line. He didn't give him anything, Nothing. Huh? He walks out of the room. And I think that maybe it was this before the world realized that Arnold needs a kiss offline. You didn't have D'Souza in the writing room. Yeah. For this, so I feel like this was on the, it, whatever the transition was to realizing like these movies, they need a funny. Yeah. They need a funny ha ha chuckle after each memorable kill or a, 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 a whatever, a, a prominent yeah. kill. Cause yeah, Cobra had it. Yeah, totally. Uh, Commando had it in spades over and over. Again. Every kill, two per Multiple. kill, two per kill. At what least. happened to Sully? I let him I go. Let him go. <laughs> yeah, a lot of. Well, take Cook's car. You won't be needing it. I fucking love all of that shit. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, you're right. He gave nothing. He's just in silent. He didn't even have a bowl of candy to pour over him. Oh, uh, uh, Jesus! <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It's bizarre. Um, later on, all types of law enforcement are at the scene. They're cleaning up the mess. Yeah, we got our boy Baker coming back. Baker in there. is there. He's speculating, you know, this guy Baxter must have been in league with Patrovita. Big leap to make. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Why but is he here? Okay. He's right, but, you know, whatever. One of his buddies, his cop partner or whatever, asked him, what, are you, how, what happened here? I think somebody got very pissed off. And then uh, he thinks he knows who it is. Yeah. A call comes on the radio. They say they've got a location on Patrovita's car, an Oldsmobile. We know Patrovita's a Cadillac man. Yeah. And his hearing, he had four Cadillacs or some right. shit. But what sort of mafia, Don, like keeps a fleet of cars registered in his own name? That's so Like, Patrovita's the dumbest <laughs> mob boss in America. He really is the worst. He deserved to be taken out. It's like, what? You're not good at this. How did you live this long? Uh-huh. So Baker says, let him go, but continue to track the car. Tell right. me where it goes. And I'm going to go confirm my suspicion. Yeah, wow. he heads out to confirm his uh, his theory. Now, we're out at the airstrip. Monique is jumping out of a plane as she sees Kaminsky come rolling and now, up. And now this is like a almost a, like a frame-for-frame frame ripoff of Casablanca. It's a fucking Casablanca knockoff. Just like, knock what off. the fuck? 
I really don't think they're about to take you on a flight like with the engines running if you haven't paid them already. But we're gonna hope <laughs> like that that she's that she's slipped some money to them that she got off screen or some shit. Uh, maybe she sexed them all up. <laughs> we don't know how Monique rolls. <laughs> Kaminsky tells her get back on that plane. He tosses a big bag of cash right. in. Now that was cash from the trailer, I assume. Yeah, I assume so too. It was in one of those big yellow bags, but like also, they took out like, of the precinct. We know how money works. Is she? Does she know how to launder money? Does she know how to clean bills? Like that money's all marked, right? Where do you think she's even going? Charter the charter the plane to where? Someplace she's gonna roll up with a bag of a quarter million dollars in cash. She said that out to like. Idaho or something. I mean, maybe I go overseas. I don't know where she's going. Caymans. Head to the Bahamas, baby. How close are you to Canada when you're at Chicago? Uh, Pretty close? You are about eight, nine hours. If you hop a flight, like though, you'd be oh, there in an flight, hour or two. Flight, you'd be you there fly there over the hours, lake and you're there? A couple hours, yeah. Okay. We don't really know what her plan is. It hasn't been that well established. Yeah, well, he didn't tell her where she was no, going. No, it's just, just a charter plane, plane. To anywhere. Any place. <laughs> Rockford, Illinois. <laughs> what? It's going to we're going to we're, we're going to Des Moines. We're gonna land in a cornfield. <laughs> we're heading to fucking uh <laughs> going to fucking Davenport, Iowa. <laughs> um but he Kaminsky tells her, you know, he's saying here you're going. She's trying to say I'm not gonna, I'm not go, gonna go if, if you're you not won't coming come. with me. What? He says, Look, you know, I'm gonna be fine, but you've got to go. You got a quarter million dollars. Here's your chance at a fresh start. She's going to gamble that money away Oh, my gosh. We know she's fucking... That money's going to be gone in two she'll days, She'll be dead max. in a few weeks. She'll uh, have overdosed or, like, drunk herself uh, into poor a fucking... Monique. Yeah, she's got problems. I hope she seeks help. I actually hope she makes it. I'm going to assume she does. I like her style, dude. I would date her, and then it ends terribly. I was about to say, yeah, uh, you... I've been no. there. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that song and dance. Um, but she reluctantly, she gets back on the plane, waves goodbye to him, as the plane's taxiing away, a helicopter comes in for a landing. Because that's safe. That's the way airports work, Dude, right? Dude, yeah. I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like you can't just fly a helicopter down over an airport. It'd be too dangerous. You get hit by a plane. The or, airport would tell the plane, don't take off yet. There's a, helico- a police helicopter rogue coming rogue helicopter in. flying oh in. Oh, my God. So that cop, uh, Baker, he hops out. He says, I'm glad to see you didn't run away. Kaminsky's like, I'm too tired. Then uh, the cop says, you know, I always thought you were a cop, right? I, was, I always suspected you were one of us. What? Fucking weird. And this whole scene, and then it just ends abruptly. Yeah, fade. Okay. I thought there was more to that. Yeah, there had to have been. I was expecting that Casablanca moment, like how, you know? How much more badass would all of that have been if Baker had shown up at some point during the shootout and like saved Kaminsky's bacon. Helped him. Yeah. Been like, and then this let, guy's a good guy. And then let him pursue the big bad. Fuck it. It somehow. could even be Harry at the hospital filled us in. Yeah. You're one of us. We're here right. to back you up. Right. Shit. Yeah. There's a lot of missed opportunities in this movie. We need to remake it. But that, that, the, yeah, the scene ends abruptly. Fade two. A very weird scene. Uh, this is the worst scene in the whole movie. Sometime later, Harry, yeah. who had been, I guess, sort of crippled Can in we a talk way. It? He got shot in the shoulder, Kevin. <laughs> He's now paralyzed from the waist down. And he got shot 
in the shoulder. He's he's like refusing to do physical therapy in this. Well, he's like, I don't think I can. I can't walk. I can't do it. The nurse is trying to get him up to like try to to exercise his legs, sort of rehabilitate himself on this. Uh, like it's one of those things, like you know. Yeah, there's like the support beam. railings. You use your arms to keep your, you know, you're you're getting your legs strong again. Whatever. Um, he's refusing. Why? Because he doesn't think he can walk. He's like given up on life. Seems to be the mood, right? Yeah. He, for whatever reason, he was shot in the shoulder, <laughs> and now his legs don't work, and he thinks he'll never be able to walk. <laughs> so he thinks his life is over. You're saying it's a psychosomatic thing? Yes. Okay. But also, he. I think he general like. Let's just assume he was shot in the spine. The character doesn't think that he can ever walk again. So what's the point in even? I mean, putting I up with he's this lost ex- his son. He's in a bad place. Yeah, he's depressed. He's kind of nihilistic. Yeah, he's like done with life. Whatever. Kaminsky walks in. Things not so good, Harry. I've seen better days. Want to see him again? It's a it's a callback to the scene One that of the uh, opening scenes. Yeah, yeah, it's like a full circle moment. Whatever from when uh, Harry was trying to recruit Kaminsky to join him, it's revealed that Kaminsky's back in the FBI. Yeah, Harry heard he's back with the Bureau. His marriage has been repaired. Thank God. Huge plot points resolved off screen. Right. Okay. How the fuck does the FBI let him back in after the shit that's happened? I well, don't Harry, know. Harry said he was going to make those strings. He was going to pull those strings. going to make it happen. There's no way that him and Harry aren't in jail after what happened. But anyway. Actually, I mean, we don't know how law enforcement works in the United States. Fuck it. Pull, the Justice us, Department, pull some strings. The Justice Department's a weird place. The FBI's like, you know, we really like the way that you went in there and killed dozens of men. We got we a place love, for you. Yeah, we have... We'd like to welcome you back into the fold, my friend. Fucked up. Okay. Uh, Kaminsky scoops Harry up. He puts him on those railings that he didn't want to use. I need your help, Harry. My I, reunion with Amy was a big success. We just found out she's <laughs> pregnant. How? Whoa. I don't know. This is not a healthy marriage. I feel like this is the situation. Wait, what? Is There's fully so much. Well, this is a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, like, Kaminsky's like, I don't know anything about being a dad. I need you to help me. What? Uh, you know, I feel like Darren McGavin is acting his ass off to try to carry this scene. This where's is my, where's my chair. This what, is the w- worst scene in the movie. Where's put me down? I can't do it. Oh, he's just he's yeah, he's freaking out. He's having a crisis moment. He's going way over the top, like a truck, like a truck, uh, like a machine, <laughs> like a truck. So Kaminsky says, "Yeah, I need to be the Godfather." Of my child. Harry's like, fine, but I want my wheelchair back first. Right. He's he's insisting that he can't walk. Kaminsky says, well, then meet me halfway. Some fucking Lincoln Hawk logic. The world <laughs> meets no one halfway. <laughs> if you want it, you got to take it. I feel like, I feel like to me, McGavin, like Harry is coaxing a good performance out yeah. of Arnold. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Like Harry's like, I can't walk. Did you have a quit in front of Blair? Leia. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you say that name. Yeah. Harry's face instantly goes dead ass serious. Fuck yes. He nuts up. He puts one foot in front of the other. He fucking walks. He's like, I didn't think I could do it before, but motherfucker, now I can. Yep. He makes his way across that apparatus like the fucking nurse has tears in her eyes. 
worst worst scene in the whole movie. That shit killed me. She was killing it. Give she, that woman more work. Yeah, she she was awesome. She turned the waterworks on. She was crying over this asshole patient. Mm. Anyway, they they hug it out. There's just a real quick freeze frame and fade to black. And this movie's over. In. Yeah, man, that moment killed me. Like, there's just a quick freeze frame and it's over. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> there's no time to, to linger here. None. We got another showing in 20 minutes. <laughs> Empty this We theater. have to clean the popcorn and, and <laughs> milk duds off the floor. Get your asses out. What the fuck just happened? Fucking, That's how it ends? That was raw deal. All I can hear is Janet Jackson. That's how it ends? <laughs> now, I'm going to quote from the Ebert review. Hit me. You know I love the he Ebert review. It, this plot is so simple and has been told so many times before that perhaps the most amazing achievement of Raw Deal is its ability to screw it up. <laughs> His thesis was like the, the plot, the premise is so simple and they still managed to wreck it by trying to make it more complex, but in ways that just made no sense. Absolutely. Uh, another quote, Raw Deal is like another recent movie, Cobra. Yes. It replaces absolutely everything. Plot, dialogue, character, logic, sanity, plausibility, art, taste, and style with a fetish for nonstop action. You want to see guys with muscles shooting machine guns at guys without muscles? Then this is the movie for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Cobra. The critical response of this movie, I got to say, this movie was made for between eight and ten million dollars. Mm -hmm. It domestic at the domestic box office, it brought in sixteen point two. A very modest, very modest success. showing. It made twenty point three million internationally. Okay, a little better. The critical response was critical. <laughs> But what was even more amazing about all the negative reviews this movie got was that most of them essentially read, this movie was terrible, but it still wasn't as bad as Cobra. That's awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to do a podcast about, say, I feel, about Cobra. I feel like it's time. It's, it's, uh, maybe, maybe it's time to cue Cobra. Vincent, <laughs> Vincent Camby of the New York Times wrote at the time, it isn't exactly Oscar material. <laughs> it does nothing for the cause of nonviolence. It will warm the hearts of gun lobbyists everywhere, and its final body count may even be higher than in Mr. Stallone's Cobra. Yet Raw Deal somehow manages to be measurably less offensive. <laughs> At times, it's almost funny, intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's high praise. There are jokes in this movie or moments of humor that land, which is more than I can say for Cobra. Sheila Benson of the LA Times said, this is amazing. Has it come to this? <laughs> that we can feel vaguely cheered that raw deal where the bodies again pile up like cordwood is a better made movie than Cobra. <laughs> Shit. I feel like I feel like when I watch Cobra, I can recognize I feel like that there was a more of a budget to Cobra than to Raw Deal. Oh yeah. Cobra feels like a more expensive movie. It's glossier. Yeah. But it's very much more stylized. But this 
if I had to sit down and watch one or the other, I think I'd rather watch Cobra because it's an, a degree. It's a, it's, a, it's a degree worse. Yeah, because it's it's more. I I would say arguably that Cobra takes more chances than this movie takes. This movie is by the numbers. It's like you know, paint by numbers. The legendary Gene Siskel gave this movie one out of four stars. One thumb down. And said, <laughs> the movie had, quote, essentially the same story as Cobra. But it's told with so many superfluous characters that we're never really sure whose side a few key people are on. <laughs> Needless to say, in a film with punch outs, we very quickly don't care. Shit. That's harsh. So he, may, he seems like he might have liked Cobra more. Yeah. I think that he's the one that was just like, eh. But yeah. again, I think that that goes to the point of, it's like, at least Cobra, for its part, as bad as Cobra is, and Cobra is an objectively terrible movie, it took chances artistically with with different shot variety, with set design, with different atmospheric yeah. elements, even with soundtrack. I think the soundtrack of Cobra is more interesting, yeah. I think, than this. <laughs> I, I don't know. And then, and then Stallone's, Acting, if you want to call it that, <laughs> is is it's it takes more chances than Schwarzenegger in this movie, who's just kind of this like derpy fish out of water kind of guy yeah. sometimes, but then also he's like sure and like cocksure and like trying to I don't know. It's just Do you feel like if this movie had had Steven D'Souza to have done the final draft, I think do you think it would have been, been good. It would have been it would have been commando-ish. Well, that's the thing is like, I, I think that D'Souza wasn't the guy that you bring in to add or fix plot. He's the guy that you bring Snappy. in to make dialogue better. And yeah. this movie is, except like I will say the dialogue that this movie does have, especially with some of the bad guys is not terrible. Yeah. It's like when Schwarzenegger's on screen though, it's just like everything sort of withers. He molested, murdered, and mutilated her. Mutilated her. Uh, it's like, ah, oh, poor Arnie. Make it, That's the yeah. thing is like, Take it easy, no, one, no one sat down with him and was like, what words can you say or not say? That's with- what was missing is like, yeah, the thought, the forethought. Yeah. The pre-production work. Yeah. Of let's tailor, if we're putting Schwarzenegger in it, let's tailor make it for him. Right. And I yeah. feel like, I feel like, yeah, at that point, D'Souza, like once they started working in that vein, that it was like there was a stable of people that was like, oh, well, this is how, this is how you fix that. Give him words that he can say. Give, Give him yeah, one-liners at the end that are going to be funny, that are going to ingratiate him to audiences, Yeah, even if he's not talking let him be, throughout the movie. Let the charm, his charms shine through, which right. is that he is a funny guy. Right. He, yeah. can, he can deliver on that shit if you help him out. Right. Um, let him help you. <laughs> help him help you. It also didn't feel like, to me, a Schwarzenegger movie. Like, Yeah, that's, that's the thing overall is that it, and we talked about this earlier, is that it just feels like a movie that everything was baked. We just got to fill in who's going to star as who. Schwarzenegger's yeah. in this movie? Great. Let's see what we can when do with the When you bring a Schwarzenegger and you need to tailor make it for him. Yeah. The same as this fucking wardrobe. Yeah. You put yeah. him in some shit that's too tight for him, he and he move. looks awkward. Yeah. He can't, like, yeah, he can't relax. Um, I feel like a lot of dudes probably could have played this part of Kaminsky and played it better. And, and arguably it would have been stronger, but I, I would, and that's what it goes back. I would have been really interested to see like how much dialogue, how many plot points 
got axed from the final production yeah. just because they were like, uh, this movie uh. is like, yeah, it was like they took a more complex movie and tried to simplify it, but then it made it more complex. But then they couldn't, they didn't ax enough scenes because I guess they had to keep the runtime up maybe to make it whatever. Anyway, we've had this discussion before where there's a theory about Arnold movies Yeah, that he doesn't like, he doesn't become the character. The character becomes Arnold. Sure. And this feels like a movie where it was kind of in a no man's land. This is one of the few where I feel like Arnold was a fish out of water. You didn't embrace the fact that it's Arnold. You're not fooling anyone. He's not a fucking method guy who's going to like, oh my gosh, can you believe like Arnold became this character Kaminsky? No. No. If you want that, you cast somebody else. Yeah. Like this is a fucking, like they didn't let him, you know, show off his muscles really. No. They didn't, you know, there's just, it didn't. I feel like any number of 80s generic dudes could have played this part. Yeah. I don't know who it would have been. Still, I, yeah, I, I almost would have. I, I mean, this is fucking Stallone character, to be honest. Yeah, like that's what it feels like. He would like. have liked this part. Because, yeah, exactly. Because I was he thinking. He could have rewritten like, it and made it himself more yeah, somebody, sexy or whatever. Somebody that, that easily infiltrates an Italian mafia organization. Yeah. If you had taken fucking Chuck Norris and stuck some fucking karate in there it could have been interesting i mean badass i mean it would have been no it would have been no better or worse probably right. than I, having it be schwarzenegger I, yeah i don't know this this movie finds a way to balance the line between being not good and not bad it yeah. just is sort of there so how did this movie happen that's uh, a great you, question you may ask <laughs> i had read that arnold who is a I think he's a very loyal guy yeah. in the business, you know, as, as it goes, he had had a falling out with De Laurentiis over Red Sonia. Right. Um, basically in Red Sonia, he'd agreed to like do a cameo in the movie sort of to give it some cred or whatever. Right. Reprising his sort of Conan character. Although I think he had a different name in Red Sonia. Yeah, he does. But um, then De Laurentiis and the filmmakers there made his part like a lot bigger and made him basically a co-star in the movie without him really knowing what they were doing, but they wouldn't pay. They didn't pay him anymore. Like they didn't count it against his contract that he had with De Laurentiis. They basically fucked him over. sounds like. So I think he wanted out of his deal with De Laurentiis. De Laurentiis was like frantically trying to, I think he was in like financial trouble, canon right. film style. He was also <laughs> trying to raise money to make his version of Total Recall because De Laurentiis had the rights to Total right, Recall. Right, right, right. And there was this shit like, like Arnold wanted to play the lead. He wanted Total Recall for himself. Right. And De Laurentiis was like, no, this isn't a good part for you. So they had had a falling out. He agreed to be in this movie raw deal for De Laurentiis if De Laurentiis would let him out of his contract. And De Laurentiis was like, yes, and this is going to, I'll make so much money off of off a Schwarzenegger flick. I'm going to finance Total Recall off that. Um, the movie, obviously, as we said, didn't make yeah, didn't the money great. that they were hoping for. I think De Laurentiis' version of Total Recall was going to have Swayze playing the lead. Hmm. I don't know how that would have gone. Hey, I don't know how the, the rewrites would work. Like m Probably a much different version of a script. Yeah. Maybe something more Blade Runner-ish. Who knows? But it obviously didn't work out that way for De Laurentiis. This movie didn't make the money, I guess, that they'd hoped for. Uh, but then later on, Schwarzenegger convinced the, the people at Coralco Studios 
to basically help bail De Laurentiis out of his trouble by buying Total Recall from him, buying the rights to Total Recall. I think he, like, even though he was pissed at De Laurentiis and all that, it was like a mutually beneficial thing. Mm-hmm. But I think they paid a lot of money to Dino De Laurentiis for the Total Recall rights because Arnold wanted that for himself and he had for years, you know? That sounds like the story of Dolly Parton and Porter Wagoner uh-huh. relationship where he gave her her start and then she started this meteoric rise. He got bigger than she got she, bigger, she got than, bigger him. than him. He super resented it. Like rumors were flying all around town, and then she wanted out of her contract. And mm-hmm. and when he finally, like, basically, she was like, uh, "You know, I'll write this song, give you the rights to it." Blah, blah, blah. Wrote, "I will always love you," and like, she wrote like two hits in one day. I'm like, fucking amazing. Yeah, it's just crazy. She's she awesome. was. She was. She's like. Um, the Mozart of country music uh, at yeah. that time, you know, she was in the fucking zone, but man. like Porter Wagoner, like held it over her for years and was like, like had it out for her. But then she later continued on, to bail later, him out. later on, she basically like bait him, bailed him out of financial trouble and paid for his kids to go to college or yeah. some shit. Like she's a fucking saint. Yeah. Man. She, she's having a big moment here in the zeitgeist and, and rightfully so. But like that's that's sort of what that story sounds like, where Arnold's like had respect for Dino. You know, you like, fucked me, but you did give me Conan yeah. the Barbarian. You know, you gave you me, me my who start. I am. You gave me a chance, maybe when no one else was willing to let me be right. a lead. Um, yeah, I think Conan. I I, I think Arnold's a stand up dude. Yeah, like at the end of the day. It was, he people, was loyal, people, and he did this dude a favor yeah, after people, the fact. It people, was maybe self-serving, whatever. People all make mistakes, but at the end of the day, it's like some people are good people and some are bad people, and Arnold's a good person. I bet Arnold's got grace. Yeah. You know, like he's a, he's a dude who doesn't want to see anything bad happen to anybody, yeah. especially someone who's helped him. Yeah, agreed. Um, so as we've said, the movie, yeah, I think you mentioned the budget. Yeah. What I read was $8.5 million mm-hmm. for it, made sixteen. You know, it was not the not the blockbuster they would have hoped for. Right. Um. In 1986, there were some strong movies that year. Yeah. I feel like the 80s in general were strong. Just a great variety of like stories. You'll never be able to again like think of it like what I remember that movie came out in 2021. No. No. I'm you ne- can never run through any nope. year in the last 20 that has had like the the variety and the quality of movies from a generic any year you could pick from the 80s those those days are gone especially now with streaming it's like it's they're done so top grossing flicks from 86 hit me top gun that movie sucks i'm just kidding that movie's awesome (laughs) i love that shit i'm ready for that sequel i am too i want to see it on a big screen yeah definitely sound and the imax everything Number two, Crocodile Dundee. Uh, one of the first movies I ever saw. Maybe oh, the first I movie I ever saw in the that theater. Movie. God, it's great. I love that movie. I that, just, that might be one that we need to queue up because that's yeah. that's a... We could do it, dude, soon. Yeah. yeah. I just bought the double Blu-ray, that and, and part two. <laughs> love it. Yeah, part that movie's okay. awesome. Yeah. But part one is such a fucking perfect movie. Part one is really good. Um, Platoon. Wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, killer. Karate Kid part two. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I love that one. You know, Star Trek Four. Don't know it. Mm-mm. Um, but other other action movies from that year, Aliens. Ooh, that was I think number Just six little, or seven. A little old film. Highest grossing. My f- 
favorite action movie of all time, Aliens. It's tremendous. It's an achievement. It. Yeah. Um, Cobra, as we've mentioned a few times. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Greatest movie ever made. <laughs> you know what your pal you know, Jack Burton always says at the time, like this. who? Jack Burton. <laughs> Me. <laughs> uh, the Golden Child also came out, which oh, I've that's heard another you, one we need to do. I've heard you like praise? Yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. So good. Um, Iron Eagle, one of my personal Ooh, favorites, came out that year. Chappy. Other rando movies that came out that year: Ferris Bueller's Day Off, great movie. Killer. Another Chicago theme movie. Yeah, Howard the Duck. I there's a soft. I grew spot. up watching the yeah. shit out of that. Love. Did you see? Um, Leah Thompson said something about like directing part, a part two or a, a remake a sequel. Or yeah, shit? yeah, some remake. I'm into it. I am too. I'm like, let her go for it. I love the first one, dude. Did she fuck Howard the Duck in the first movie? Did they fuck? Uh. They didn't, they didn't during, show it. They didn't but. during the course of the movie, but I think. Oh, you don't that, think there was a moment where they were like sort of bedding down a little bit. She was, there was an insinuation that they were, that they almost did, but. You don't didn't. think it happened? I think that, I think by the end of the movie, maybe they have. Okay. But they, I don't think they do during the course of the movie That's proper. That's a fucking wild movie. It's so crazy. Me and my sisters used to watch that shit so much and we loved it unironically when we were 10, you know, but. Same. I love that movie. I need to rewatch it. Yeah, we should rewatch it sometime. <laughs> uh, Flight of the Navigator came out. That movie you fucks grew up watching hard. That? Yes. I love that shit. Paul Rubens is the voice of the ship. That movie is one of those movies where it was like, it was almost like a fever dream in, retro- in retrospect, thinking uh-huh. about it. And you're like, God, I wish something epic like that would happen to me. Like, I just wish that, like, that I would be yeah. on a spaceship and doing a fucking thing like that. That was so cool. It reminds me of one of my favorite movies called The Explorers. That movie is amazing. You like that one? Yeah, I love With that movie. With the young River Phoenix, young uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. The nerdy kids who kind of, it's like a better version of The Goonies. Yeah, it is outstanding. I love The Explorers. The Explorers. Is Explorers a, Explorer was a great, a great um, TBS or TNT feature that yeah. would come on on the weekends. Speaking of TBS features that come on on the weekends from 86, the Boy Who Could Fly came out that year. That movie is awesome. Wow, I, that's that movie is that's a deep cut. That's a deep and a deep fucking flick. Yeah, I liked that movie. I really liked it too. Young Fred Savage squirting piss on bullies. The big wheels. Yeah, there's no water in this gun. <laughs> Squirt some piss all over him from a super soaker. Or oh some man, shit. love that. That movie was um, awesome. But also, Legend came out that year. Kind of flopped, but I, I love visually. That movie. Yeah, that movie is insane. Really, Scott's got a hell of an eye. If he, he doesn't does. always pick it's the best just, projects, yeah. But that movie's not. That's the thing is that it's not bad. I don't. I don't know. It's just like. I don't know. The world was already primed for sword and sorcery. Yeah, it had been like it they was. Were pr- late, it was a they were too genre. late or too early. Or I something. just think I think that that movie was. It was just like so much. It was so conceptual and. Yeah. Audiences didn't know what to make of it. It was like too, too cerebral for kids, probably. Yeah, and it was too childlike for it grownups. Was, maybe. It was dark. It was. It's a yeah. dark movie. I would love to see how they marketed that movie. Like, did they market it as a child's movie, or did they market it towards adults? I, I seem to remember nerds? seeing seeing trailers and it being like very, you know, battle of light against dark and okay. like that sort of thing. So appealing to like the Lords of the Ring crowd type. Yeah, but it's like I would I would love to see the box office numbers and see how much more money Willow made than that movie. It I mean, Legend was down on the list. It bombed. Yeah. Labyrinth was that year too. Just like movies that 
People yeah. are like touchstones. Stands the test of time. I'll just mention quickly, Blue Velvet and the Fly Ooh. came out that year. A couple of awesome filmmakers making awesome movies. Blue Velvet's so good. And the Fly Cronenberg. Yeah. Fuck. Wow! Wow! 1986, yeah. really I know, bringing solid it. fucking movies. Like lots name of... any year from the from the aughts or the last 20 years that have had a variety of quality movies that you'll look back on years later. You know, a dozen great flicks. That's the thing is that a lot of them you'll think back and be like, there was a really outstanding individual performance in that movie by Daniel Day Lewis or so and so, and it was like or Gary Oldman and be like, man, he was awesome in that movie. But the rest of that movie was like, mm, yeah. Uh, I think that wraps us up for oh my gosh. Raw Deal. I'm Raw happy to deal. have gone back to the well of Arnold. Everyone go back and find this movie on Amazon or pop it's in your chilling Blu-ray. chilling on HBO right now for the time put, being. Put it on in the background, smoke a bowl, do whatever, and just like <laughs> enjoy the fuck out of it because it is, it's fun. Throw it's a frozen fun... pizza in, yes. get a six pack. Yes. And watch the shit because you won't be disappointed. No. Like you said, I think in the first episode, it ain't boring. No, it's not boring at all. It's entertaining. It is. It, it keeps is it moving. And it's brisk. And it moves right along. Yeah, they don't give you a chance to question the potholes. No. That's what we're here for. That's right. That's why you <laughs> listen to this podcast. You watch the movie, oh, then you come back God. and see if you agree with our assessment. Oh, I think you're all great. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our friends on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network. Thank you, everyone. For giving us another second home. Yes, indeed. Um, and we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>